We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With Bruce Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. And now, a very special band for It's Time Radio. One of our regular guests, one of our favorite guests, none other than the master sensei himself. The sensei to the stars, Eddie Bravo. Hi, Eddie. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Bruce. How you doing? Thank you for having me. Of course. Always a pleasure, Eddie. Always a pleasure. Listen, before we start, something just came over to the news we have to discuss. I'm getting uh, completely ruined by all of this, but there was just another school shooting in Broward County in uh, Florida. Reports are coming in. Uh, the shooter is still on the loose. They're claiming now as many as 20 people have been injured by the shooter, and the scene is just developing. You know, Eddie, we just the other week here, and you live in Los Angeles, and you're you're a very proud father too. Um, I've helped raise two boys; they're now ten and thirteen, going to school. And if you remember, it was just a few weeks ago, and you too, TJ. Here we had a shooting in LA school district with a twelve-year-old girl that brought a gun to school. Now we've never had a female, to my knowledge, student uh, in, involved in a shooting as the shooter, and this just happened recently at twelve. Now this is a high school. Eddie, as a father, um, does this worry you? You know, I know your 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 son. Am I correct? Your son. Yes. How old is your son now? He's five. He's five. So he's still young. With thank God, and yes. and getting older. But I'm getting to the point now where living in wonderful Los Angeles and the area in which we live, it doesn't matter where you're at anymore. It's like it's. I, I worry about my kids going to school on a daily basis with this kind of activity. You know, I'm not that I'm going crazy, but I get heightened worry when I read about something like this that's just brewing right now. I mean, it, it's horrible. I don't. I, gun control, we've gone over this numerous times on the show. Whatever can be done, I, it's got to be very strict. I'm a gun collector. I'm not a hunter. I can't shoot Bambi. I can shoot a man in a friggin' heartbeat coming through my window. But how does it, does this bother you guys? I'm sorry, I'm a little upset right now. I mean, when you hear about this, how do you react? Is it just like another daily well, activity, or how do you react to this? Well, I'm a conspiracy theorist, so... I know that. <laughs> you hear about, anytime you hear about anything on the news, anything, whether it's SpaceX or, sh or school shootings or any kind of shootings, um, I'm automatically suspect as to what really happened. Like, like the news is not a, a good place to get your news, you know? You know what I mean? So Depending I don't know what news. happened. It could, be a, it could be a false flag. You know, it could be just a, something set up just to keep pushing gun control laws. 
you just don't know. It's just so so many lies uh, coming coming out of the media these days. It's like a hundred percent lies. Well, you know, uh, you just I don't know what to think. I'm more scared of my son what he learns at school than I am of school shooting. Well, I understand, and I know I know what a conspiracy theorist you are, and but you know, in respect to this, Eddie, when there's 20 people lying on the ground shot, obviously somebody did the shooting, oh, so it's not a fact. Yeah, but I, I think he said yeah, a false what I'm flag. Saying is I don't right. know what happened. Right. Ed, Ed, I don't know what right. happened. Eddie's whole right. thing, and correct me if I'm wrong, Eddie, you're not disputing the fact that the events actually take place, but the motives and maybe involved parties behind these situations are not always uh, exactly. transparent. Exactly. And I and I you just don't know too too much too much tomfoolery going on. You know what I mean? It's just all the time. I mean, if you look into nine eleven, that was an inside job. All you got to do is look at it like a, with the detective's mind, and you realize, wow, it was an inside goddamn job. You know, so just from that point, just from that point, you should not believe anything after that. And you know, I, you know and then you then you talk about the, the faked moon missions and all that stuff. Like, I mean, they're faking moon missions. They're faking the International Space Station. Did you see that SpaceX launch? That, and then you find out Elon Musk has got four billion dollars from the government, and he's, you know, it's it's you just don't know what to believe these days. I will back you up a little bit, Eddie. I mean, I've been able to produce a couple of your podcasts, and and I I don't subscribe to a lot of conspiracy theories. I think that I'm uh, very accepting of, of of what the news media tells me from uh, time to time, for the most part, and. When we did the show about uh, the 9-11 Tower 7 um, being uh, controlled, uh, destroyed, demolished, and we had an architect in studio, uh, Bruce, I'm not going to lie. I think most grounded people are going to look at what happened with Tower 7 and go, okay, there's something amiss here because that building clearly came down uh, via controlled explosives. It it didn't just fall down because a plane crashed into a different building. I I understand that. I've thought about that myself. Um, I could sit here and go back and forth and argue, agree, whatever, on conspiracy theories all day long. But in respect to 9-11, no matter how you cut it, there was still terrorists on those planes that drove those planes in. Now, if there was pre-implantation implantation of explosive devices that caused that to drop, just like a regular explosion of a hotel in Vegas to make room for another hotel, it was a clean drop. So I, I, well, I admit there is something questionable about I, I, that aspect. I, I but you can't take you think, can't take away from the fact that two planes with terrorists right, or you know hit those buildings. I think you you aren't understanding what Tower Seven is. Tower Seven wasn't either of the two twin towers that fell. It was a completely different building. It fell straight down. Uh, I, I don't necessarily think that it was. I, I don't know. I don't want to go off the rails too much here, but uh, I would recommend that people go check out. Uh, I believe his name is Richard Gage. Is that correct, Eddie? Yes. Yeah, Richard yes. Gage in the interview that he did with with Eddie Bravo, like mm, something's amiss there, man. It, it, it's okay, good, I, it's it's good listening clear, in the car. No, no, that's fine. I'll check it out. But just one last note on this, and we'll go over to, to another subject. Tower, uh, he said Tower Seven. So you're not referring to the twin towers. You're referring to another building. So there are multiple towers, uh, more than just two, uh, a part of the World Trade Center complex. And this building, Tower Seven. Uh, appears to have been demolished by a controlled uh, explosive device. And, yeah, look it up. It's 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 a really interesting okay. – like, uh, uh, I think Eddie hit it best. Uh, of all the conspiracy theories that are out there, this one is probably the most digestible because, truthfully, scientifically, it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. I am, 
I am all about science when it comes to religion. You know me, I'm all about the theory of uh, the Darwinian theory of evolution when it comes to all that. I'm, I'm, I'm open to the facts, guys. I'm open to the facts. There are certain things that I can't go with. One of your popular ones, Eddie, and we'll just touch on it for a second, not an argument, is your theory, if I'm not mistaken, that the world's flat. I really have a hard time with that one. Just looking from the space views and looking at a round globe, you know, it's it's a very interesting theory, and I've heard you discuss it. We don't have to go into it now, but, you know, one time, let's have Eddie on. I want to go over a few different subjects. Let's have Eddie on and go over three key conspiracy theories that I know about ahead of time so I can do my research, and then we can have a real good back-and-forth fun with that show. Well, to me, so, this sounds like a conversation that uh, precedes Buffer Dinner at uh, Buffer Mansion. Get your asses <laughs> over here. You two, Eddie, both of you, get over here, All and we'll right. have one— We'll have one hell of a time in many ways, and we'll enjoy ourselves. I promise you, and that'll be a hell of a show. So now, as we go on, Eddie, sure. you know, we'll definitely do it. You're welcome anytime, my friend. And uh, by the way, we got Saturday night, which um, I, I got notified by No Victor and everything. I'll be there Saturday night for EBI. I'm looking forward to it at the Muscle Farm facility in the Valley here. Um, Eddie, take a second and tell us about the EBI show coming up before we go into anything else, because I really want to promote it because I love EBI and I love what you're doing with it. Um, it's this Saturday and usually we have the shows on Sunday, but now we switch to Saturdays now. So get used to that. Uh, this Saturday night at muscle farm headquarters in Burbank, you can get tickets at inch by inch.tv and you can watch it live on inch by inch.tv and UFC and or UFC fight pass. Um, the, this, uh, EBI 15 is all about the featherweights and, uh, returning champion, Eddie Cummings is there to defend his belt. Gio Martinez, the former featherweight. No, did I say bantamweight? I meant featherweight. No, you're good. Um, you said featherweight. Gio, the you're good. You're good. Gio, who originally held the featherweight title, um, he's back as well. He's going to try to get that title back. And um, and we also have, um, you know, 14 other amazing grapplers that are uh, going to try to pull off the upset. Because on paper, Eddie Cummins just shreds through everybody. So will he win four matches, and will, will he retain his title, or will Gio get that title back? And Gio Martinez is the, the Bantamweight champion, and he beat Eddie Cummings um, for the Bantamweight title uh, back in uh, December of 2016 in Mexico City. And uh, so this is, um, this is a, if, if Gio and Eddie meet in the finals, this will be the rematch that, that everyone in the grappling world, in the sub-only sub world, uh, has been waiting for for a while. Very cool. I'm really looking forward to that Saturday night. I'm kind of bummed, though, Eddie. I, I'm happy that you're on Saturday nights. I think it's incredible. My problem is is that, you know, I have so many UFCs and, and other events around the world. I, I do, and I get back in time on Sundays to do yours. I'll only be available when I'm free on those weekends if they're on Saturday nights from now on, but you know I'll always be there for you when I can. Well, well, we don't schedule, we're not going to schedule them on a Saturday night where there's a UFC because we're on UFC Fight Pass. So it, it's going to be on a, we're scheduling Saturdays that don't have any UFC. So you should be fine unless you're doing some other kind of, uh, unless you're doing Bellator on the side. <laughs> well, I do a lot more. No, no, I will not be doing Bellator. I, I'm strictly exclusive to USC for MMA, but you know, I do football, NASCAR, rodeos, uh, corporate, all that kind of stuff. But you know what, Eddie, I love EBI. I hope to do every Saturday show. Yeah. We'll see how it pans out. I'm always there for you, my brother. I'm always there. Eddie. Um, and I appreciate that. My pleasure. My pleasure. I have a really good time. And you know how much I love your combat jujitsu. okay? I love that stuff. Yep. Can't, hey, can't hey, wait hey, for the next you. show. Yeah, we got, 
We uh, got the main event is uh, EBI CJJ Combat Jiu Jitsu. EBI CJJ Bantamweight Champion Nick Honstein, who won the first EBI Combat Jiu Jitsu tournament back at EBI, uh, I think it was 11. <clears throat> He's going to fight in Combat Jiu Jitsu against a 10th Planet Oceanside representative, Ben Eddy, who beat Wilson Hayes who's a UFC star who fought uh, um, uh, Mighty Mouse for the title. And Ed Ben Eddy got him in a dead orchard arm bar back at uh, Combat Jiu-Jitsu Worlds 1. So I'm giving Ben Eddy a shot at Nick Honestein's Combat Jiu-Jitsu title. So correct me if I'm wrong. So the Combat Jiu-Jitsu title here in EBI is going to be a belt that is defended fight by fight like you can win the title without winning a tournament yes yes we're gonna have tournaments and we're gonna have single matches in, in combat jiu-jitsu it's kind of all just you know new it's all unfolding um combat jiu-jitsu worlds that's a separate belt so the bantamweight combat jiu-jitsu worlds bantamweight champion is chad george and the lightweight champion of combat jiu-jitsu world's lightweight champion is Wagner Rocha. Now an EBI different uh, belt. Uh, uh, we have um, Alima Lay McFarlane, who's the, the flyweight EBI uh, combat jiu-jitsu champion. And we also have uh, Richie Boogeyman Martinez, who's the EBI combat jiu-jitsu welterweight champion. So uh, you could have um, multiple belts. We could unify belts. So, uh, you this Saturday, it's for the EBI Combat Jiu-Jitsu Bantamweight belt, which is currently held by Nick Holmstein and Ben Eddy, the, probably the best rubber guard in the world. He's right up there. He'll always be in the conversation. His rubber guard is incredible. I mean, he, he tapped out Wilson Hayes with rubber guard, and that's, that's, a, that's very hard to do. Uh, but um, you want to see one of the, perhaps the greatest guard ever. You know, this Saturday, Ben Eddy versus Nick Holmstein hey, looking for the at, Combat Jiu-Jitsu. Go so, ahead. Sorry to cut you off. I was saying, looking at Combat Jiu-Jitsu, you, met, you mentioned Combat Jiu-Jitsu Worlds being a, sort of a different entity altogether and separate champions. Is, is there any plans yet on the uh, books here for the next CJJ Worlds show in, in 2018? We're looking at uh, the end of 2018, probably in November. Um, we haven't solidified a date yet, but um, it's looking like maybe November. Like maybe we do it every November, once a year. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. So now, um, the, basically, the future looks bright, very bright for EBI. Uh, it's fantastic. Now, Tony, uh, Tony, I was rather, I want to speak about Tony Ferguson. Now, <clears throat> I know that Tony trains with you and, and you're in his corner and all that goes with that. I'm a huge fan of Tony's. I love watching him fight. I'm bummed he's uh, not able to do this fight. If I'm incorrect, please tell me. With Frankie Edgar, they brought in uh, a friend of mine who I really, really like as a fighter and a great jiu-jitsu artist from what I can see is Brian Ortega. So now, I think Brian Ortega, guys, is a very, as Tony would have been, of course, is an extremely tough opponent for Frankie Edgar, who's a tough opponent for anybody. So I'm bummed that Tony's out. But, no, excuse me, wait a minute, what am I saying? Help me out, TJ, I'm wrong on this. Yeah, no, Tony, what Tony Ferguson is fighting Habib Nurmagomedov. Uh, Habib. And, yeah, uh, so I'm it, really it, excited about right. that. i got to re restate this, I was looking at the wrong things. What? Who backed out of the fight with Frankie Yeager? Who was who out of that one? Uh, I believe it was Max Holloway. Max Holloway, excuse me, I knew I screwed up on this. So now let me go back, because now I see where I screwed up on my paperwork here. Eddie, 
Tony's fight with Habib, who a lot of people consider, you know, invincible. You and I both know that everybody is is breakable in MMA. It's going to be hard to ever find somebody who's going to hold an undefeated title throughout their career because of the nature and the beauty and the difficulty of our great sport. So with this fight with Tony and Habib, are you going to change any kind of training techniques with Tony as far as how he's going to approach this fight with this monster warrior from, you know, from uh, Russia? It's every fight camp. We're basically doing the same thing we would do for Nurgam Khabib. Basically, we're doing the same thing every fight. So the, the fight camp really doesn't change. Um, the strategy doesn't change. See, with, with Khabib, everybody is um, running from him on the ground. They're, like, trying to get away. They're trying to drag themselves back up. They're trying to lean, lean up against the fence. And, and, and he's very good at just riding people who are trying to get away. Um, Tony's not going to ride him. Or, or Tony's not going to. Uh, run away from him. He's going to face him. He's going to go forward. So it's going to be a little bit different than Khabib's used to. Khabib's used to guys just surviving and not attacking and trying to drag themselves away to safety, back on their feet. Uh, that's not going to happen with Tony. He's going to attack. It's going to be different angles. He's going to go after him. And I can see that. How is Tony feeling after his recent movie release with um, the movie he was out in? Tony was in a movie? Yeah. Was it Tony in a movie? With, uh, with, uh, oh God, the, the guy, I mean, maybe my notes are all screwed up here. 300 Spartans, the, the star of 300 Spartans comes to the UFCs a lot. TJ, help me out. I know you're not a movie guy. Uh, yeah, I'm not a movie guy. I don't know what you're talking about. It was either Tony or here I go. I screwed up again. I'm back to the, I've got my names all mixed up. It was Holloway. Holloway was in the movie. Uh, all right, let, let's go back to that. <laughs> all right. I, I'm, I'm jet lag guys. I just got back from Australia and I got to admit to you the second day after you come back from Australia is the day it usually hits you. So I think my brain got a little brain farted there for a couple of moments. No more mistakes for the rest of the show. Hey, you're, let's you're, go back. You're, you're just mixing up one great champion with another. So, well, yeah, but with respect to both, they should each stand on their own great champion diocese. And that's how I like to treat them. So with all respect, let's go back to Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega is a really tough opponent for Frankie Edgar. Brian Ortega is a fantastic jiu-jitsu artist, if I'm not mistaken, Eddie, from what I understand and what I've seen and what I've talked to Brian about. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the best finishers in the UFC today. Absolutely. And I admire him, too, because being a surfer, you know, since my whole life and Brian, all he does, he loves to surf. He loves to fight. He loves to win and get back in the water. He is one of the most humblest down-to-earth people I've ever met. This is a very, very tough fight for Frankie, as Frankie is a tough fight for Brian. Guys, I'm really excited about this. I'm really excited about this fight, even though Holloway pulled out. So how do you see this fight? How do you see Ortega and Edgar? Man, that's hard, that's hard to call. I mean, it, they're both amazing fighters. Uh, Frankie Edgar is definitely going to be in the UFC Hall of Fame. Uh, he's not done yet. He's, like, better than ever now. Yeah. Um, man, but, but Brian Ortega has some of the best submissions in the game today. He, if you let him around your neck, man, he's a closer. Not too many closers out there like Brian Ortega. So uh, Frankie Edgar, I'm sure, is going to be very hard to submit. It's really hard to call. It's a toss-up. You know, I'm always going for the jiu-jitsu guy. So, you know, you know um, on paper, maybe you'd go with Frankie Edgar. Uh, but, um, you know, you just can't tell. Anything could happen. 
Yeah, and also, too, Frankie is so good at movement. He's also very good as a boxer, and his hands are hard to get past. So he's not going to stand still. He's not going to stand in front of you. He's going to be moving left, right, planting, moving, shoving, kicking, and punching. So we'll see how that goes. Speaking about jiu-jitsu, I wanted to tell you that my two boys, uh, first off with Rupert, my 10-year-old, he's now training. I got him over to Cron Gracie's uh, gym here in Playa Vista, down near the coast over here. They got a really nice, nice dojo. Yeah, very nice. And he's only 10, but he's tall. He's 5'3", and he's a little warrior. I, you know, I've been working with him at striking and stuff, but he stepped right into the 13- to 16-year-old class for his very first class, showed confidence, and now I have him training with the 13- to 16-year-olds at 10 years old. And I don't see anything wrong with that, do you, Eddie, if he's willing to do it, he's willing to learn from scratch? Not at all. If he's into okay. it, yeah, more power to him. Good, good, good. Thanks, hey, buddy. If you don't mind here, I got a, a question to jump in kind of on that, that tip of, you know, young young kids and, and the next generation of jiu-jitsu. Uh, we, we haven't seen her very much lately, uh, Eddie, but what what's the latest on, on Grace Gundrum and, and how's her progression? Because as far as the next generation of jiu-jitsu goes, she is one that everyone needs to keep their eye out on. Yeah, Grace Gundrum has got a super fight at the next On It Invitational. Not too sure on the date, but I think it's On It 7. On It Invitational 7. She's got a super fight. And, um, you know, as soon as she turns 18, she'll be back into EBI. You know, as soon as, as, soon as that happens, you know, Grace will be back on the main, on the main stage. Yeah, and she's truly a, a prodigy. That, that word gets thrown around a lot in combat sports, but uh, her jiu-jitsu game and the way that she's uh, you know, developing it as, you know, she grows up, you know, the, the, it, it's interesting. Joe Rogan always brings up, uh, you know, athletes growing up practicing jujitsu and, and combat sports, their, their body uh, evolves with it. And uh, you can tell that the flexibility and the technique from Grace Gundrum is something that I don't think you can really even uh, develop later in life. It's something you have to experience as a child as your body is growing. Yeah, she literally trains jujitsu all day. Like she's at the gym all day. She wow. that she doesn't have any friends. She's homeschooled. Uh, she she's just um, she's a little girl. Uh, uh, she's um, a like a old wise martial artist trapped inside of a little girl's body. She she is uh, amazing. She really is. She's amazing, Grace. Sounds like a very. Very, very focused individual, that's for sure. Guys, did you watch the UFC 221 show last uh, weekend? Of course. Yeah, I did. And did you edit? I actually missed it. I missed it, but I saw the knockout of Luke Rockhold. I saw that. Yeah, the knockout was brutal uh, of Luke. Uh, Curtis Blades uh, threw Mark around, which is very hard to do. Like, I don't want to say, well, I have to say it. I'm like a ragdoll. I think he dropped him down on the ground about eight times give or take, uh, and played a different game to take out Mark even after the first round where he was getting the you know, the punches thrown at him. Uh, but there was a star that I saw in the making here, uh, this tie to Ivasa, who fought Cyril Asker. Now, this guy looks like Mark Hunt, taller, 265 pounds, just an absolute bruiser. But his hands and the combinations of body and head blows he was throwing, TJ, you saw it. I, I can't wait to see this monster fight again. And from what I'm seeing, I have no idea about if he has any kind of a ground game whatsoever. Um, obviously, seems like a very tough individual to take down, especially if he has a sprawl at the size that he is. But were you impressed with what you saw? Oh, TJ? yeah. Yeah. And I was also impressed with the way he handled himself in his post-fight interview. And uh, uh, he uh, he's only 24 years old. A lot of skills that he has yet to develop. But uh, a true athlete 
and uh, someone who hits very hard. And and apparently he likes to party a little bit, and that was on display when he uh, was chugging a beer out of someone's uh, shell-toed Adidas. Yeah, which was <laughs> that was definitely something to be seen. And I billed him and announced him as a street fighter, and I could see this guy. Obviously, he looks like a guy that's had a lot of backyard brawls. So backyard alley, you name it, very tough individual. Another one that really shine on me, huge, who I think is a future superstar, unless I'm missing something, is Israel Adesanya. Um, I couldn't help but think of John Jones looking at him, his length, his body length, the way he handled himself. Um, there's some personality or a lot of personality there waiting to get out. The UFC is developing some very good new stars. I am going to predict that this gentleman is going to be a future superstar in the UFC. All right. We'll mark it down. We'll come back to this moment. Mark it down. Now, another prediction I made we can all talk about. I said months ago, or rather a few months ago, that we would hear in the next 18 or 6 to 18 months that Chuck Liddell is going to be coming back and fighting again. Obviously, if he does, we'll probably be in Bellator. Um, now it seems that with his uh, showing on Big Brother, the TV show, uh, a couple articles I've read recently, Chuck is talking about the fact that he's totally open and serious about taking another MMA fight. Question, Eddie, we both know Chuck very well, okay, over the years. Do you, A, two, two questions, would you like to see Chuck come back in the octagon? A, B, how do you feel about him stepping back in, taking the money for one fight, maybe a couple fights after that? You know, everybody knows the danger of fighting and the brain trauma and all that. Everybody knows that. Um, he knows that. Everybody knows that, that the sport is dangerous. That's why the, there's so much glory in it, because it is dangerous. Um, if he wants to do it, I'm sure, you know, um, he, he's aware of the, the dangers. Uh, if he wants to do it, I'll watch it. I'm going to for sure watch it. So, oh. uh, yeah, I'm not... Um, I'm not uh, uh, against his decision. I'm for mm -hmm. it. Yeah, I'm for it, too. I mean, if he medically clears, he wants to go in, depending who the matchup is. Obviously, I would love to see him fight Tito, and I think that would be a huge draw, but I think Tito's completely done with MMA and doing very well in his post-fight career, uh, from what I understand. Um, but, yeah, it all depends on who he faces. I don't want to see him thrown to the Lions. I'd want to see him in a good fight. Why? Because I just love watching Chuck Liddell fight. I love his persona from the moment he steps out of the door to the arena to the moment he steps in and out of the octagon, in this case, wherever he will fight. So Chuck's a friend. I wish him the best. I don't want to see any injuries. And I think he's smart enough to determine after his first fight, if he does done one, does do one, rather, uh, whether or not he wishes to continue, but I'm sure he'll get some big money. I, you know, don't want to guesstimate, but I would hope it's a minimum of a half million to a million dollars for him to step back in—an absolute minimum. Otherwise, I don't see why to do it. So we'll see. Um, how much time you got, Eddie? You got a few minutes, or you got to go because we're just going to finish yeah, up with I, different. I got, a, I got a few okay? minutes. Okay, cool. Are you watching the Olympics? No, not at all. Okay, we have no. to touch. We have to touch him on it for a second. There's a new star out of the Olympics, Chloe Kim. Um, she is a Korean-American snowboarder. Uh, she's incredible. She's going on to win medals. She's 17 years old. She's knocking it down. She's got millions in endorsements looking forward to in the next year, in my opinion, uh, or observation from what she's going through. Congratulations to her. I think she's won more than just a few medals. Um, Sean White, the great snowboarder, he wins gold after after a horrific face plant that he did, I think it was in Norway, that almost ended his career 
in the last year. I mean, his face was just brutalized by slapping it down on the ice at the top during a jump. So he won gold. And I'm um, very excited about that. I love watching the Winter Olympics because, A, I think it's beautiful watching all the, the uh, wintertime sports, as well as I like watching the Summer Olympics. So I hope everybody's enjoying them. Uh, let's go on to one other thing here. Um, suicides. Interesting, interesting thing. Remember when Robin Williams, I'm sorry to say, committed suicide some time back? Of course. Yeah, we'll yeah. never forget that. Now, you talk about conspiracy theories or whatever may enter into this subject, but suicides, according to a study, rose 10% after Robin Williams' death. And the reason they say that and the reason it possibly happened, it's called the celebrity suicide effect, where when celebrities kill themselves, there's copycat suicides follow uh, of those people that are famous. I've never really heard this before, but it's something that I read about. But it's kind of interesting in a horrific way that suicides would rise 10% after after his death. I really can't comment too much on this. But you wonder how they find these statistics. I, I guess it's obvious. You just add up what suicides happened. I know it's kind of hard to comment on this, but any comments at all? And, and it's okay if you um, don't. <laughs> uh, how about um, uh, people getting suicided for getting too close to the Clintons. How about that? Uh-oh. Oh, uh-oh. Okay, Eddie. Go ahead, Eddie. Take a minute. Explain that one. We're all trying to put it together in our heads right now. What, go ahead. Go to Google and when you have time and just punch in Clinton body count and see what happens. Really? Okay, I'll do it after the show unless you want to do it while we're talking to you. Oh, we'll, we'll save this for the, uh, the dinner that we yeah, do. The- yeah, let's save that for the dinner. No question. <laughs> Eddie, you crack me up. Okay, another thing. Eddie, you like graffiti when it's really done well, like really quality graffiti, you know, that's uh, on walls like in Brazil or someplace. I find graffiti really amazing when it's done right or maybe the person got the okay to do the graffiti, right. as in the case I'm about to talk to. Who, who's, graffiti- the te- who's the 10th planet black belt, uh, Eddie, that is a graffiti? Is it Scott Epstein? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm all for graffiti when it's agreed to. Here's your wall. Do what you're going to do. Make that artwork look good. I'm totally against graffiti when it's done illegally and without the okay of the owners of the buildings that it's put on. But here we have a situation. A graffiti artist was given the okay to do graffiti at the Five Points Complex in Queens, New York. And he basically, um, they knocked down the complex all this graffiti was done. They claimed that basically the owner of the buildings that knocked it down violated the artist's rights under federal law. In the end, uh, the cultural significance of five points and the value of the aerosol art that was created by the 21 plaintiffs has been recognized as fine art. Federal law predicts the dignity of artists and their fine art. They just got awarded $6.7 million because of the fact that their graffiti was taken down. I find that very interesting. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. So in essence, in a roundabout way, whatever they got paid, they just got paid the most money ever for the fact that now their art is not around to be appreciated. So things happen in strange ways for certain reasons. Um, Eddie, are you a horse race person? I mean, do you like watching horses race and such as that? No, I don't. I don't follow horse racing at all. Yeah, my dad told me as a kid the only way to follow horse racing is with a shovel. Don't ever bet on them. But at the same time, something, the statistic we talked about on this time radio a while back, at that time, five horses a day were dying on the tracks 
of American horse race racetracks, not just in the races we're talking about in the training and everything else. I have a problem with dog races because the way I've read how dogs have been treated, I don't like that kind of treatment. I'm an animal lover. I can go on and on about that. But they just had a, a Tasmanian polo event where the polo, uh, you know, polo, of course, they're playing polo on horses. Sixteen horses died after coming home from that event. On the way home, 16 horses died, and there's an ongoing investigation to see why. I mean, they, TJ, we talked about this. They pumped these horses up full of steroids, God knows what else, to keep them active. Cruelty to animals is something that I won't tolerate. I'm all about protection of animals. And don't get me started on hunting for trophy hunting. I'm totally against trophy hunting. I'm not against the kind of hunting that Joe Rogan does and, and others, you know, with bows and rifles. They eat their prey. They put them in the freezer. That's all fine. I'm totally against trophy hunting. That's why I'm bringing this up. So I get bothered by these stories when I read them. Again, there's not much conversation to be had on them, but I just get bothered by it. I am not a lover of horse racing. I maybe go have gone maybe once, three times in the last 10 years for a day at the track with friends. But I just constantly worry about the safety of these animals for before and after they put them on the track. It's kind of like almost when you think about what some fighters go through to make their bodies prepared for the fights, you know, not in regulated situations like the UFC and, and you know, what's going on there, but in other organizations in the past. It bothers me what people will do to their bodies to compete which in a correlation is the same what people do to animals' bodies for them to compete. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. Okay, short answer to a long conversation. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I understand what you're saying. I, I, I agree with you. I, uh, I, I, I get bummed when I hear about any animal dying uh, for human entertainment, essentially. Exactly. You guys see Dumb and Dumber, the original Dumb and Dumber show? Movie? Uh, uh, yeah, of course. One of the best. Did you... Uh, Eddie? He said, yeah. Okay, Absolutely. Cool. That's one of my favorite movies all time. We talk about, I'm one of mine too. We talk about collectibles on the show and what they're going for. Um, do you remember the little mini bike they rode in that movie, you know, to get a, get to where they were going to, uh, Aspen. with yeah. the money? Aspen, yeah. That mini bike you can buy now, it's on eBay. Uh, they think it's going to probably go for about $8,500. No, no, no. I used... not... No, uh, not eight thousand. Trust me, it's 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 a way higher than that. That was the opening oh. bid. Eighty five hundred was the opening bid. Oh, it was the opening? Did it go for eighty five thousand? I don't know uh, where it ended up, but yeah, it's uh, it's in the tens of thousands of dollars. Okay, I'll tell you real quick. Wow, wow, you're right. Look at this. You ready? What the current bid is? What is it? Thirty five thousand three hundred sixty seven dollars. Yeah. Four days left to go. Yeah, there's I, been I, 90, 99 bids on this mini bike. That's crazy. That is crazy. That is crazy. Eddie, are you, you keep any of your collectibles, Eddie? All the UFCs you've been to, all the uh, credentials you've received and everything else, do you do you keep any of that? Do you have a trove of, of collectibles from your history in, in the world of MMA and jiu-jitsu? I have some stuff, but I throw most of the stuff away. Oh, Eddie, please, conspiracy theory. I'm going to get all over you. Don't throw that stuff away. It's worth, <laughs> it's worth money, man. It could be it could help your son's education in 20 years. Who knows? Or ten years, whatever the case might be. I'm a, I'm a big collector, Eddie. You should see some of the stuff. My stuff, just my stuff, and I'm not even a fighter. Sells for on on eBay. It's it's crazy. There's definitely a market for it. So I tell everybody, don't please people. Be like Eddie Bravo in so many ways. Don't be like Eddie Bravo throwing away your collectibles. That's all I could say. 
<laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay, Eddie. Come on. You're an individual. Eddie, we're going to let you go. I can't wait to see you on Saturday, you and Victor. Let's have a lot of fun. How is the uh, uh, the locale, the uh, muscle farm? Are you happy with the way it's set up for EBI? Absolutely. Absolutely. The place is beautiful. You're going to love it. It's huge. It's perfect. I can't wait. What's the start time, Eddie, for the show? Fill us in and our listeners so they can watch on Fight Pass. Um, Five o'clock Pacific Standard Time. So, um, you know, you'll have time. We're going to have an after party, too, in Hollywood as well. Oh. Uh, that, that'll be on my, my Instagram within a day or two, the details to that. So Saturday night's going to go off. All right. So you're saying I need a good night's sleep. You got it, Eddie. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. All right, Eddie. Thanks a lot. And uh, I'll see you on Saturday. Looking forward to EBI. Thanks very much for coming on the show. And let's have some fun on Saturday. Let's party, baby. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, TJ. See you guys soon. See you, Eddie. Take care, Eddie. Okay, bye. Eddie Bravo, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, conspiracy theories. Eddie definitely with his conspiracy theories. He didn't come back to me too quick on the flat. The Earth is flat. That would have been a long conversation. But I think it would be really good for us to get together on or off the show and talk. And does Eddie get upset when people disagree with him? Uh, no, I mean, he, he wants to have a conversation, so uh, he always entertains it. You're coming through garbled again, TJ. Sorry. Well, the listeners hear what I hear, so uh, I'm not garbled to them. Um, I can't hear. Yeah, I can't hear you clearly. I'm sorry. Sorry, your Skype's not working very well. There we go. There we go. You're back. Yeah. When, when, what, when, when that happens, Bruce, you don't have to tell me. Um, oh, okay. Because people hear what I hear. Okay, cool. Yeah. Very cool. We're good. Sorry. The, the world of audio. That's good. All right. We've got a show coming up here in Austin, Texas, uh, Saturday night, UFC. Those of you going to uh, UFC Fight Night, um, I'm sorry I will not be there announcing in Austin this weekend. Uh, but I'm looking at the card here. And as usual, I'm going to be missing a lot of fights I wish I was announcing, as well as all the fights that I love to announce. Um, Derek Lewis, Marcin Tabora. Uh, Donald Cerrone and Yancey Medeiros. I like this fight, TJ. Yeah, no, it's going to be a good fight. And, you know, I like the Sunday night cards. I like uh, going to bed and watching the UFC uh, while I uh, settle in for the end of the weekend. It's it's a fun time. Yeah, I don't mind him either. I enjoy Sunday cards also. And, of course, being this in Austin, Texas, who other to have on the card than Sage Northcutt? Everybody always loves to see Sage Northcutt coming back in the octagon. Brian Camozzi. How many times has Brian Camozzi fought in the UFC? I think you're thinking of Chris Camozzi. Or Chris Camozzi. This is his brother, right? I don't know. You know what? I'm just realizing hmm. I need a good night's sleep tonight, TJ. I think you do. This, this jet lag has gotten me a few times on the show today, I have to admit, and I'm willing to admit it. It definitely got me a little bit. So, yeah. all right. Sounds good. Everybody enjoy the show on UFC Fight Night on Saturday, Fox Sports 1, UFC Fight Pass. Have a good time with that one. I will see you on UFC Fight Pass along with my co-host, TJ DeSantis, as the commentator for EBI coming up here. And anything you want to tell the audience before we go, TJ? Uh, yeah, I would love it if uh, people would check out my uh, Patreon. Uh, Jordan Breen actually returned with uh, the Jordan Breen Show for the first time in about four or five months. So you can check that out, uh, patreon.com forward slash between rounds. I do a thing called the Daily Wrap which gets you all of uh, the day's mixed martial arts news uh, compressed into about five minutes of audio so you can get caught up uh, while you drive to work or work out on the uh, exercise bike or uh, whatever. Whatever it is that you do where you can't you know, read all the, the websites, uh, we have the news for you. And one convenient podcast. It's all part of 
uh, Between Rounds Radio. Again, patreon.com forward slash Between Rounds. Sounds great. And those of you setting in your orders for your videos, your audios, your championship introductions to brucebuffer.com. Again, thank you. They're rolling in like crazy more so than ever. We're setting a record year as we start off into the month of February uh, for orders coming in at brucebuffer.com. I got them all done. I'll be ending the show today to do many, many more. And uh, other than that, follow me over at Instagram at brucebufferufc, Twitter at brucebuffer. I will be back next week. I will have more sleep. I will be sharper than ever. And I can't wait to talk to everybody next week. So for that matter, treat everybody around you with respect. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Choose your path. Learn as much as you can about your choice of the path you choose. Walk down that path and be the best you can be. Life is about winning. That's what we talk about at It's Time Radio. Why? It's always time to win. Enjoy your week, everybody. We'll be back next week. Buffer out. It's Time with Bruce Buffer is a TJ DeSantis production and is property of Buffer Enterprises Incorporated. Its content is intended for private use only. 